I believe that God wants to speak to you tonight. And so I'm excited uh, to, to, to get into our first message, which is going to be entitled Adopted into the Family. All right, Adopted into the Family. We're going to talk about how to become an adopted son and daughter of God. We're going to talk about what we are without him, what we were without Jesus. We're going to talk about how, it be, how we become an adopted member in the family of God. And then we're going to talk about what that means for us. Tonight, we'll lay the foundation for the rest of our camp. Tonight, uh, I believe that, that God is going to do a great thing. And so we are expected, ex, ex, we have expectation to hear from him tonight. Amen? All right, Romans chapter 8. We are going to start in verse 14 and then read to verse 17. This is the passage that is the theme to our camp, okay? So we're going to read it, and then we're going to talk about what it means to be adopted, okay? And then for the following week, in the different sessions, we're going to be talking about different aspects of this passage, okay? So we're going to read it tonight, and we're probably going to read it in most of our sessions because the best way to learn is by repetition. That's how you get it into your heart and your soul, okay? Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 14, the Bible says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Let's pray. Lord, as we enter your presence tonight to allow you to speak into our lives, Lord, we pray that you would make us attentive. What we are not, that you would make us. What we have not, that you would give us. Lord, I pray that all of us would be able to walk out of this room tonight with confidence that you are our heavenly Father and that you will never leave us nor forsake us. I pray for the students here that maybe have a question about their own salvation. They're unsure where they land with you. They've heard about you. But they wouldn't be able to confidently say, you are their father. Lord, tonight we pray that you would speak to those and and for those that would be able to claim that. We just pray that you would assure them that you are for them in every way. And it would just produce gratefulness and excitement in our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Okay, I want you to look through that passage, and I want you to find a couple different themes, okay? So the, or, or a couple different segments that point to our theme. Okay, we're talking about adoption. And adoption is talking about family. And so really this whole camp, we're talking about family. And you guys have already heard me talk about how we're a family. Now, technically, only those who are an adopted son or daughter of God our family in Christ. But I want you to look through there. 
we see in verse 14, it says sons of God. Then in verse 15, it talks about a spirit of adoption. It references God as father. There in verse, uh, uh, there in verse 16, it says the children of God. Verse 17, it says children. Okay, so that, that's how we know this is a theme of our time. But, but I believe God, by the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, is seeking to communicate to us that we're not just servants of the king, but sons and daughters to the Father. We are most certainly his servants, but we are so much more than that. Being a Christian isn't just about serving God. It's about being with God. And God came up with this very idea. God considers us so special to him that he, he wanted to use one of the most intimate and personal relationships that are found uh, on, on earth which is this relationship between a parent and a child. We have other examples of this, uh, like marriage. Marriage between uh, a man and a woman is to be an example, a picture, a symbol of, of God's relationship with those he loves. And so he is giving us this picture. Now, I want you to just note this down because it's going to set the tone for our time. This term adoption, okay, this is a definition for you that's a little bit long, so you might want to start writing now. But this is literally what this word means, okay? It is a legal proceeding. It's not just a fun thing. It's an actual legal proceeding that creates a parent-child relationship between persons not related by blood, with the adopted child being entitled to all privileges that belong to a natural child. Now, you don't have to write down everything, but try to get what you can. And this includes the right to inherit. Now, we have this concept within our culture, right? We have uh, kids under 18 uh, that are not naturally in the family, meaning that they are not related by blood, but they are then through a legal proceeding. It's not just something cute to do, but they actually go through this process and, and money is involved, commitments is involved, and a whole lot of other things are involved so that someone who was not their child now becomes their child. It is actually an amazing thing because what's interesting is it's always by choice. No one has ever been forced to adopt someone. It's actually always a choice on the part of the adoptive parents, which means we have then a picture there. God chooses to adopt those who would want to be in his family. Now, what's different about our common day adoption versus uh, adoption regarding to spiritual things is the fact that not only the person who is adopting, but also the, the child being adoptive, ab adopted gets to choose. That's you and I. Some, some kids don't get to choose what family they're adopted into. For you and I, we get that choice. God doesn't force us. He extends the invitation saying, I want such a close relationship with you that I want to call you my own. I don't want to just make you my servant. I want to make you my son. I want to make you my daughter. But this concept of adoption is nothing new. It, we see it in the Old Testament. Um, I know some of you guys are still writing that down. I can get you to maybe just leave a little space and I can get you the rest of that definition 
after we can we can put it back up okay so just maybe box that but we find in the old testament did you know that moses was adopted in a way think about the story of moses right they were killing the baby children and so we find in the book of exodus that moses's mom chooses to spare his son by sending him down that river right and trusting the providence of god and then we're told in this passage that pharaoh's daughter uh, actually then sees him in the river and adopts him as his as her own now we know that uh that the actual mother mother of moses got to got to raise him in a way uh, but then he grew up in pharaoh's house moses was adopted you can note that down in exodus chapter 2 another person in the bible was adopted and that's esther you guys know about esther in the bible usually you ladies love her uh, she is awesome esther chapter 2 verse 7 uh, we're told that she's adopted by her uncle mordecai you guys ever heard that story uh, right we're told in esther 2 and mordecai had brought up hadassah that is esther his uncle's daughter for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Do you guys see that? I love that last sentence. That, that she was without what she needed, and so he chose to then bring her as his own. He didn't have to, but he chose to. However, for the most part, adoption was not something common in the Jewish world like it is uh, within our culture. Uh, you actually didn't see uh, much adoption because within Jewish law, it's really interesting, if a man died, then the brother of that man was supposed to marry the widow. Okay? Then the firstborn son uh, to be born of the new marriage would legally be considered the heir of that family. And so because of how that worked, that, that, uh, with, within that adoption was really not something super common within that culture. Uh, but we know that Paul, who's writing this, right, he brings up this topic of adoption. And when he is writing it, uh, we know that he's not only, he's writing to the Romans, but also uh, he was a Roman citizen. And so we believe that he's kind of referring uh, to adoption in the way that's uh, similar to the Romans would have done it, right? He's, he's, he's writing to them, and so he's, he's using an illustration to help communicate this truth. You know, today, you and I can, uh, you're, you're, not you, but when you get older, there's going to be a day where you can write a will and leave your wealth and property to, to anyone you want uh, when you die. Like, you can choose that. So your, your parents might have a will. Maybe it goes to you, maybe it goes to someone else they like better. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but, it, but they choose to go to someone, male or female. Now, different than today, in the Roman world, with few exceptions, a man had to pass on his wealth to his sons. Okay? Specifically, it had to be a son. Now, that was Roman culture. Obviously, that was not good or right, but this is how it was. And so if a man had no sons, or if he felt his son was not worthy or he, he was maybe rebelling against his dad, he could actually choose another person to adopt into his family to make himself an heir. He would, he would often, the, the, the Romans, these adoptions were actually not infant adoptions. Sometimes they were even older, like 
past 18. Like they were adults, but they were adopted into the family so that they could then uh, take on that lineage and all that they own. Now, when that adoption was legally approved, right, when it, when it wasn't just an idea, but it went through, uh, the adoptee would have all his debt, debts canceled and would actually receive a new name. In Roman culture, he would then legally be the son of his adopted father and entitled to all the rights and benefits. It's interesting, a father could, in that culture, disown one of his natural-born sons, but when you adopted a son, it could never be reversed. Do you guys hear me? It can never be reversed. And same within the kingdom of God. When you become a child of God, it's irreversible. God will never go back. We're told in that culture, once a child, which oftentimes was even a slave, they would take slaves and adopt them, uh, that all of their past would be erased completely. That, that they, they were now a new person with a new name, a new identity. Are you guys seeing yet any parallels, any pictures? I hope you are. And so this week, we are going to dive in to all the implication of what it means to be adopted. We're going to explore the benefits of what it means to be a son and daughter of God. That might be a nice thing to say, but what does that mean? Well, hopefully we have a good understanding by the end of the week. What have we been adopted from and what are, be, what are we being adopted to? There's going to be a day where you buy a car and sometimes there are certain benefits that come with buying a car, in case you don't know. Sometimes you get thrown in a Toyota Care, for example, and with that you get a guarantee for the first 100,000 miles that car drives. And if anything happens, Toyota says, we'll take care of it. Uh, we'll give you free oil changes for a time. And there's different benefits. Well, there are many benefits that are tied into being a child of God and way better than a free oil change. But before we get into all that, which we will this week, we must start with the beginning. How does one actually become a child of of God in the first place? What's the process? Does paperwork need to be filled out? Does it cost money? Is there a commitment involved? Now, we need to understand those things before we can move forward, right? And so the first thing that we're going to look at tonight, you can note it down, we're going to look at what you were. And you guys can now turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. So if you're in Romans chapter 8, then you can now turn to Ephesians chapter 2. It's going to be to your right. Now, if we are to be adopted into the family of God, what does the Bible say that we were before that? What were we before? That's, a, that's an important question for us to really grasp and understand, right? Okay, we're sinners, we were lost, uh, all of those types of things. Ephesians chapter 2, I want you to everyone to turn there in your bibles and you can note down our first point for the day which is what you were because we can't appreciate what god has made us until we know what we would be without him right so ephesians chapter 2 i want you to first just look at verses 1 through 3 with me okay you guys there if you're there say word it says this and you he made alive, look at verse 1 of chapter 2, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. We ain't looking so good without the Lord. First of all, Paul would consider the person without Jesus is dead in their sins. Obviously, it's not referring to a physical death. It's referring to a spiritual death. That you, Though you are alive physically, you are spiritually dead without the Lord. But I want you to focus on verse 3. Okay, look in your Bibles. Look at verse 3. It says, we're by nature children of, what does that word say? Wrath. So when you were naturally born in this world, by nature, meaning you didn't have to do anything. You just were naturally born into it, and then you chose and just confirmed uh, what was the reality all along. By nature, you are a child of wrath. Now, that sounds kind of scary, and that's because it, it, it honestly is by nature, meaning you didn't have to do anything. Wrath is talking about punishment. So when you're born into this world, you're already in a place of judgment, referring to being a recipient of God's wrath. You know, some people are born into royalty, right? Some people are born into the royal family in England. Uh, some people are born into a famous family. But all of us were born into punishment. That's, that's not good news for us. And it wasn't just that we were born into it, but it's that we grew up and then confirmed all the things that were already within us as we sinned against God, as we lied, as we cheated, as we were mean to someone that we then filled up God's wrath for us. Remember, this is all what you were. Now look at Ephesians chapter 2. Look, jump down to verse 13 and 14. It says, But now in Christ Jesus, who once were far off, right, were far off, been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Now the good news uh, starts to begin but notice what it says there it says you were far off meaning you were distant from god you were separated there was a barrier between you and god and it was sin now jump down to verse 19 look at verse 19 in your bibles it says now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. What does it say? You are no longer strangers and foreigners. So what does that mean you were? Yeah, strangers and foreigners. Stranger. What's a stranger? Random person, someone you don't know. You and I were strangers with God. We were by nature. We were a foreigner. What's a foreigner? Okay, yeah, right. So someone not from where they are now at. It describes someone from a different place altogether. See, it's not like you were like a close cousin to God and then he and then he adopted you as a son or daughter, kind of like Esther and, and Mordecai. No, you were far, far away. Even the Bible would go and say that you were actually an enemy of God. Now, for some of you guys, you're like, I'm twelve. How could I be an enemy of God? Um, listen, so hopefully you are no longer an enemy of God, but 
being 12, if you were not an adopted son or daughter, you are an enemy of God because of your sin. It's offensive to God, and it must be dealt with. But you were, notice what the Bible says, you were brought near, you were brought in. Romans chapter 5, you can look on the screen, chapter 6, chapter 5, verses 6 through 9, says, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. This, this passage of scripture tells us that when we were with, without being anything, without strength, when we were ungodly, Christ died for us. This is an awesome truth for us to think about. So... If that's what we were, and maybe tonight even that's what some of you are, you're like, it doesn't feel like that. This is what the Bible says. If tonight you are not in the family of God, then you are far from God. The only way you can relate to him is to be adopted in. So how does one experience this blessing of adoption? I'm so glad you asked. Second point is how you become. Okay, how you become. You guys can turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. All right, Galatians chapter 3. Going to be moving, moving around a little bit on you guys. So you were in Ephesians. Galatians is the book to the left. It's the immediate book to the left. You don't have too far to turn. Ephesians chapter, sorry, not Ephesians. Galatians chapter 3. Almost messed myself up there. All right. You guys doing all right? Okay, look, look there at Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 26. Okay, verse 26. Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 26. It's towards the end of the chapter. It says this, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Everyone say, through faith. Okay, note that down. For as many as of you, of you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Okay, then look at chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is a master of all but is under guardians and stewards until the appointed time by the Father. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So see, it's the same, same concept, the same topic of what we're talking about. Now look, look specifically at... Uh, chapter 3, verse 26, okay, verse 26. It says, sons of God. Now, ladies, don't be too discouraged, okay? That is also in reference to daughters. Uh, but remember, in that Roman culture, it was the sons who were the only ones to be the heir. Thank God that's not how it is in the family of God. And so with that, 
sons is in reference, that, that's us too. It's sons and daughters uh, are, receive uh, this, this sonship through faith, okay? Through faith. Now, what does it mean to have faith in Christ? When the Bible speaks of faith, it's more than just a belief, okay? It's more than just an acknowledgement. It goes, it goes way beyond that. There's an idea of commitment there, okay? And there are many things that we put our faith in every day. Uh, just on the way up the mountain, did you know that you put your faith in something? You put your faith in your parents' car. You put your faith in your parents getting you up the mountain. Now, what's always helped me understand this is actually uh, the concept of a chair, guys are all sitting in now imagine up here if i brought one of those chairs up here and i told you uh plain and simple i would say i believe in this chair i absolutely believe in it i believe that if i sat in it it would it would hold me up i believe it is a sturdy chair it's a strong chair i i believe in that chair what should be your response to me you say prove it right sit down. And what if I were to say, no, 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 I trust it. I'm just, I'm just not, not going to sit in it. You see, I could say I believe in something, but until there is action to follow, it's simply belief. There might be some of you tonight who've acknowledged or believed in Jesus, but never actually put your faith and trust in him. And I want you guys to examine your own hearts and your own lives today. Have you actually ever sat in the chair? You might have talked about it. You might have known about it. But have you ever taken the step of faith? Well, Paul says in here in, in verse then 27, that in Jesus, notice, look in your Bibles, Galatians 3, that in Jesus, we are all one. This is pretty cool whether it's the same status regardless before jesus there's a, there is unity whether you were a slave or free whether you male or female there is this unity in christ and what's the what's the purpose of all this well look at galatians chapter 4 now jump down to verse 5 okay jump down to verse 5 the purpose is to redeem those under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons or children all right? I want you to note down that word redeem. Okay, redeem. This word means to deliver, uh, to set free, uh, to be bought back, to set free by paying a price. It, it means to deliver completely. You see, you and I were told in the Bible we were sold under sin, yet what Jesus did is he paid the ransom. He paid our bail with his blood. And the only way he could redeem us was to become one of us. And so it's really interesting. We are to refer to God the Father, obviously as the Father. And in a way, Jesus, he actually calls us his brethren. He, he calls us his family. Why? Because he became a human. And he did this to redeem us. He did this to redeem us. You can note down this quote. David Guzik says this. He says, because Jesus is God, 
He has the power and the resources to redeem us. But because Jesus is man, he has the right and the ability to redeem us. And this is the only way this would work, that he had to come to earth and become a human and live that life and die that death that we might be redeemed. And so that's kind of the the negative side, but then the positive side is the fact that we're not only freed, but now we're family. Now we're family. Look at there in Galatians chapter 4. In the the end of verse 5, it says that we might receive the adoption as sons. And this is kind of where we need to focus uh, on tonight. Might receive. Do you guys see that verse 5, that word might? Everyone say might. Now, that means that it is up to us. Christ came to redeem, and he came to so that everyone would be able to receive the adoption as sons. But to actually be redeemed and actually be adopted is something that you have to receive. And so the condition for being in the family of God is to receive him by faith. You can look on the screen, John chapter 1, uh, verses 11 through 13, uh, describes this very truth for us. John chapter 1 says he came to his own and his own did not receive him but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of god to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor the will of the flesh nor the will of man but of god awesome passage of scripture there are those who reject jesus right notice on the screen He came to his own, and what did they do? Yeah, they didn't receive him, right? They rejected him. But when he came, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And I love that. You might just just note that part down uh, within this verse reference. He gave us the right to become children of God. You know, there are certain rights that go along with being in God's family. And with being in a family, in, uh, in, in any family, there are certain privileges that you experience that other people don't experience in your family, right? Privileges. That's what the word right means. You might want to jot that down. You have the right or the privilege to call your parents a name that is only reserved for you as their children. It would be really weird for me to call your mom, mom, Right? That is your right. That's your privilege. That's not mine. You have the right or the privilege to eat food in your house. It would be weird if I just helped myself to your fridge, okay? You have the right to sleep at your own house. You have the privilege that your parents will buy you clothes. Imagine if your your parents came back up when they pick you up and I say, hey, can you take me to... uh, uh, to uh, Tilly's when we get home, and, and, and can you buy me some clothes? You'd be like, that's, that's weird. Why? Because that, that right, that privilege is reserved for you. Does that make sense? And so we not only believe, but we have to come a point to receive, okay? If there comes a point where you believe in God, there needs to come a point where you receive him as God in your life. And then 
we will be super blessed with all the privileges that come with being a child of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 through 6. This is, uh, if you were with us, who was with us on Sunday, just yesterday? Okay, so I uh, wasn't trying to do this, but Ephesians chapter 1 uh, actually talked about uh, this very concept of adoption. We need to understand, as I talked to m- many of you guys on Sunday, our salvation, us being in the family of God, wasn't our idea. It was His, and He chose us before the foundation of the world. Look at there, Ephesians 1. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. It was something he thought of before time began. How awesome is that? This is what God wants for each one of you tonight. But wouldn't it be weird to be a part of a family and not know it? Like, you, you, you should know, like, the family that you're, that you're in. And, and you have confidence, right? Now, now whether you're adopted or maybe, uh, or, or, or there is some other... A situation or circumstance either way like you know your family right you, you don't question like oh man like am i really in this no you are you live there you you, you guys understand what i'm saying tonight if you are a child of god you should have absolute assurance and if tonight you're kind of like man i don't i don't know if i am i mean i've i believed in jesus i've I've, I've heard about him, I've learned about him, but I don't know if I've ever made that decision for myself. Tonight is the night. So that's how you become. But what, what does this mean for us? All right, last point uh, as we begin to, to wrap things out. What this means. Uh, you can just note down 1 John 3, 1. I don't think I have it on the screen for you guys. Um, I do. Okay, you can go back to the next. Yeah, what this means. So what does this mean for you and I when we do this? Well, 1 John 3, 1, now you can go. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Listen, the fullness of the love of God is experienced as we relate to him as Father. Do you know him as your father do you know him as someone who is who is close to you when when directing the disciples how to pray remember jesus told them to to bless uh to to look to god to say right our father who is in heaven do we just say that out of repetition or is that the reality and the this verse tells us that because of this connection to him that there's going to be some confliction with the world around us because the world around him is at odds with him and then hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 and 11 talks about our association with him it says for it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings 
For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Jesus is not ashamed to call us family. He's the one that authored this. Notice, you see where it says captain of their salvation? That's what Jesus is described. He is the one who made the way for us to come in to the family of God. You guys ever been ashamed of your family? You don't have to answer out loud. Be honest. I mean, maybe, maybe for some of you, you've never experienced that. But <laughs> listen, shh, shh. maybe it was uh, maybe it was your direct family, or maybe it was some relatives who are a little weird that came to your baseball game or dance recital or and I know some of you guys some of you guys are embarrassed of your parents to some extent so you tell them don't come even around the junior high room uh, and you know what I always tell them I always tell them I would like you to come around the junior high room uh, against your wishes but listen now that's a good that's that is that's not a good thing right we should not be ashamed of our family however weird they are okay and Jesus sets that example for us because he says, I'm not ashamed of you. He wants that title to be known. He wants this to be something that is understood. Last verse we'll share with you tonight, 2 Corinthians 6, 18. This was God's plan all along. This is a verse that's quoted uh, from the Old Testament. And it's God speaking, and he says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Listen, adoption is an act. It's not a process. You tonight are either a part of the family of God, or you are not. There is no fostering in the kingdom of God. You know what fostering is? So when you foster a child, it's, a, it's an awesome thing. Uh, but it is definitely hard on the side of the family because you might have that child, but only for a time. And, it, and it's temporary. You see, within God's kingdom and how his family works, it is a one-time act. Okay? And so tonight, I, I believe, I'm trusting that God has been speaking to you guys, and I know that was a lot of scripture, but hopefully the, the understanding is clear. And the Bible describes to us that if we call on the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. And so really, it, it's as simple as asking to be part of God's family that you will then be solidified as his son's or daughters. And so, worship team, you can make your way up. You can hit the lights. You guys can just put away your, your Bibles, notebook papers, all that good stuff. Listen, hey, we're going to stay in an attitude of, of the word and, and prayer. You guys can stay seated. No one's going to the bathroom during this time for a minute, okay? Everyone stay seated. Listen. Listen, 
Tonight we're going to give you an opportunity, okay? I want you guys to take inventory. Do you guys know what it means to take inventory? So to take inventory typically happens at a, at a store, and it basically you want to see what you have there, right? What, what, what is missing, what you need, what's gone in and out. And so tonight, I want you guys to look inwardly, and tonight you can say to yourself, there is no doubt in my mind that I am his. I know that he's my father, and I know that I have this relationship with him. Then I want you guys to, to stay seated in your seats, and, and you be praying for those that might, might have the unsettled. But how awesome tonight if we could celebrate with you your adoption, your entrance into the family of God. And so I want you guys to stay seated during this song. And I just want you guys to all close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes because it really helps minimize any distractions. I believe with all my heart that if you're his, then you know it. In, in no way do I want you guys to question your salvation. Meaning if you're like, no, I've received the Lord. I know he's mine. I, I obeyed him by getting baptized. I follow him. There's evidence in my life. Remember, those things don't save you, but they are evidences of you being his. Everyone's eyes are closed. So during the song, just ask him. And if you say, yeah, I, I'm unsure, but I, I, I want in. Because remember, what you are without God is not good. And, it's, and you're on a path, the Bible says, to destruction. You're on a path of having to pay the penalty for your sin. But Jesus took that penalty. He redeemed you. But you've got to receive that. There should be no talking. Just you and the Lord. And you just think and you pray. I'm going to come back up, and we'll give you an opportunity to make, make a choice tonight.
I'd love that. Ooh, that sounds weird. I'm gonna hop up here. I love that last verse, one of the last verses that we talked about how Jesus is not ashamed to call us his. And we shouldn't be ashamed to call him ours, right? And so if God's calling you to be a part of his family tonight, then I just want you to, I want you to stand, stand to your feet. And I know for some of you that's a, that's a, terrifying moment because we're in a, in, a, in a large room with people. But I'm going to assume that there's a lot of people who are in the family of God. And so there's no greater joy for us to see you have that kind of, that, that, that birthday in a sense, that, 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 that moment. It's awesome. Anyone else? You just stand to your feet. If you're saying, I, I want in. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. I want to be with Jesus. I want to call him my father. I want to know from this day forward that I'm going to be with him forever. Anyone else? Well, why don't you, those who are standing, why don't you guys come, come down here? I know that's a, another step. Why don't you give, give a round of applause? Come on. I saw you standing. That's why I got you guys. Okay. You guys can face me. You guys don't have to face them. So many people there. All right. This is awesome. Anyone else want to join the family of God tonight? Anyone else want their sins forgiven Anyone else want uh, to be eternally his, never to have to worry about ever paying for your sin? God's going to take care of you. God's going to look after you. Anyone else? Yeah, come on up, dude. Come on. Let's do it. So what's so awesome about doing this tonight is now the rest of the camp, now you can, as we talk about the benefits, you're going to... You're just going to be able to take it all in. You're like, oh, sweet. This is, this is great. Anyone else? All right. Sweet. Proud of you guys. Listen, if, if what you're doing tonight is, is from your heart, yeah, come on up. Come on. There you go. If what you guys are doing, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and assume that you're up here because you... You really want this because that's not easy right in a, in, a, in a room full of 150 people to get up and 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 then you didn't know i was going to call you up here but i did and so listen i just want you to, to pray this simple prayer after me and maybe for some of you you've, you've prayed that parent prayer in the past and let's just put the past behind us and let's just move forward into the family of god okay okay so i want you to just just pray after me and right now, if you are a believer in here tonight you just join these up here so that we just, we just all, all pray, okay? Dear God, I'm here before you, confessing my sins to you, acknowledging what I am without you, a sinner in need of a Savior. 
I believe that you came to earth and you lived a perfect life and you died upon that cross but rose three days later and if I put my faith and trust in you you'll forgive me of my sins you'll adopt me into your family and I'm trusting your word that you'll never leave me nor forsake me I choose to give you my life and receive this gift and choose to follow you every day of, of my life in Jesus name I pray amen alright sweet that was awesome you guys may go back to your seats you guys can go back to your seats why don't we all stand together? And this just now now I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that, that now we are all family of God, right? Now now we know. And so let's let's worship with God with all of our hearts. Um, let's do three songs. Okay, is that good? All right. Um, and let's do it. If you guys need prayer for anything, we're around, but let's just let's just worship with all our hearts, okay?